You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. everybody. Sam in the bathroom. I'm going to have Sam play some music because I'm extra. Thank you, God, for chili. Community, beautiful. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We love you, God. Jesus, we love you. May the eyes of our heart be enlightened to the riches of our glorious inheritance that we have in you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, come and fill my mouth. Come and release your heart through me this morning, God. God, come and speak clearly to your dear ones, to your beloved ones through me this morning and I just thank you God for choosing me today thank you God for honoring me with just the privilege of carrying your heart and ministering to your heart as I encourage and minister to this family here we just welcome you and invite you Holy Spirit welcome you and we invite you to have your way in us. Whatever that looks like, God, we just say yes to you. We say yes to all of your ways because they're all perfect. Even the ways that we don't understand, God, they're perfect because they come from you. So we welcome you in all of your ways in all of your colors this morning. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. And I just pray, God, that this morning every heart would become aware that it's alive today, that it's free today, and that it's one with you. Say thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. I love Jesus so much. I love him. (laughs) I love him so much. Okay, I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. I have some good news this morning. You're holy. 
have some good news this morning. You're holy. Holy. Because Jesus is holy and he's in you. How many people have Jesus inside of them? Hello, I'm holy. Everyone say, I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm dearly loved. Hallelujah. Okay, we're all there. First Peter 1, 15 through 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Be holy. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command from the Lord. Be holy. And you know, our Father is good, so he will never tell us to do something or strive for something that's impossible for us. He calls us into our identity and our destiny as he created us and designed us to be. So when he gives us a command, we know that we have the power to obey it. That's good news. So he's calling you holy and he's calling you into holiness this morning. And that's good news. Because in the holiness of God is freedom. That's where real freedom is. It's not a list of rules that I have to live up to. It's actually freedom to be who God always designed me to be from the beginning. It's not a working up to. It's being invited into and saying yes to who God always designed you to be. And today he's calling you into holiness. And holiness is going to look like something, y'all. Holiness has got to look like something. You know, I don't pray for revival anymore. I pray that there will be an awakening in the church to realize that revival is here. And it's, all, it's been here since 2,000 years ago. Revival is here, but it's time for an awakening in the church to realize revival is inside of me. I carry revival. I am the revival. You are the revival. You are the revival for your city. You are the revival for your family. You are the revival. It is inside of you. And I'm just waiting for the church. I'm praying, Jesus, let the church be awakened. And it's happening. It's happening. The church is becoming awakened that they are alive and that they are free. And that today, when he says, be holy, for I am holy, it's because you can be. And he's given you everything that you need to be holy. I want you to turn to 2 Peter, just a couple pages up. 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has given us everything we need his divine power has given us say everything everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of him who called us he's given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us who called us jesus by his own glory and goodness so that's where the power comes from from his own glory and goodness. Guess what? We look like him. We came from him. He designed us to be like him and gave us the power to do it through his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us 
his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Okay, in other translations it says, be partakers of the divine nature. You ever heard somebody say, well, I'm just, I'm still a sinner. I'm just a sinner and I'm lit. I, I have a sinful nature. And so um, I can't be perfect. How can I live holy if I still have a sin nature? We are actually partakers of the divine nature. We're not of that old spirit anymore. And it's not because of anything I can do. It's because of his glory and his goodness. Okay, when I make it about what I can do, then I'm going to have to strive and I'm going to have to work for it. When I make it about what he already did on the cross, then I just have to rest in his goodness. And he de- and, and, and revival is in me. Revival flows through me. We are partakers in the divine nature. We're also partaker in the promises of God. That was a little bit before that. So that through them, we are now partakers in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Guess what? You have a new heart. It's in Ezekiel. You have a new heart, so your desires are new. You don't live out of your old heart anymore because you got a new one. We are partakers of, the di- we are partakers of his divine nature. And we have a new heart that he gave us. So our desires are new. If our life is manifesting um, desires that aren't of Jesus and that are not for our good, then we're do- it's not that we don't have a new heart. It's just we haven't learned how to live out of it yet. Whew. He is good. He really is that good. He really is that good. A lot of my life I grew up thinking God was good. I know he's good. I know he's good. Um, but he's real scary. And... Um, Why does he want me to do all these things that he never gave me the power to really do? Like what a cruel, what a cruel master that would be. Where he will, it would, it would be as if Paul talks about being a bond servant of the Lord. It talks about, um, a lot of us don't understand when we read that, um, that when he's talking about I'm enslaved to the gospel or I am a bondservant of Christ. Oh, and we have this idea of what slavery is because slavery was a terrible, horrific time in our, in, in our history. And we know slavery to be bondage and to be cruel and to be ruled by a cruel master. But being a bondservant looks like something else. Being a bondservant, it doesn't mean transferring from one master, which was sin, sin nature, which was the enemy, and then transferring over to be enslaved by another. What a bond servant is, is if, if you were um, in those days, if, if, if war was happening and they would take in um, people from war and they would be enslaved, okay? Say I was enslaved by an evil master. And then a good man came along and said, what debt do you owe? And a good man came along and said, I'll pay your debt and I will free you from being enslaved. You'll be enslaved no longer. But I've grown up my whole life in slavery and I know nothing else. I've been enslaved since I was a child. I've been ruled by an evil master. What love is this that a good man would come and pay the debt that I owe? And he, Jesus came and he paid the debt that we owed. And you know, and then I lived in slavery my whole life. And so I'm so overwhelmed with thankfulness. What a bond servant is, is they say, I will give you back my whole life and I will serve you my whole life because of the debt that you paid for me. I'll give you my whole life and I'll serve you out of my own free will. I know I'm free and you're not master over me, but I want to serve you and call you master. And so now we are 
bond servants to Christ. I am a slave to righteousness. I serve it from love, from adoration, from the goodness of God, from the thankfulness and the gratefulness that I have for what Jesus did on the cross for me. And so I serve from freedom. I serve from being set free. And I no longer, I can choose to go back to my evil master. I can choose to go back, but he no longer has rights over my life. I can choose to go back and serve my evil master, but he no longer has authority over my life. A lot of us are choosing to serve our evil master and we don't realize that he doesn't have authority over us anymore. And I serve a new master, one that I love and that loves me and laid his life down for me because he loves me. And so everything that I do, I do from a place of love, from a place of gratefulness, from a place of thankfulness because he deserves my whole life because of what he did for me. There was no greater love than that. He gave his life for me while I was still sinner, before I ever chose him. For all the millions and millions of people who never will choose him ever, he died for them because his love is that great and that good. So this morning, what I want to talk to you about, but I want you to understand where it's coming from. It's coming from a foundation of love. It's coming from a foundation of serving from being free. I want to talk about our faith. And you know, faith looks like something. It looks like hunger. And you know what else faith looks like? It looks like obedience. And I feel like in, the, in this season of my life, God is calling me to be obedient in a lot of areas where in other seasons, you know, it didn't matter. And I think that God is teaching me what it looks like to live submitted to his voice. And I was, I was in the car the other day and I was talking to the Lord and I was like, look, God, you know, I get, I get angry when our people in my house get sick because I'm like, I carry Jesus inside of me and I am a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And so when the enemy starts messing around in my house, I get mad. And I don't get mad at God. I get mad at the enemy because I'm like, look, you don't have authority here. What are you doing? And so I'm going to Jesus and I'm like, look, I don't like this. What's going on? We don't have any, we're not opening any doors to this stuff. And I just, you know, just in the way Holy Spirit is, he's like, well, you know, some shows that you're watching. What about those shows you're watching? And look, this isn't legalism, okay? Listen to me. This isn't going to send me to hell because I want to watch The Bachelor, okay? What I'm telling you is there are seasons of your life where God will ask you to do something and see if you're going to be submitted to his word. See if you're going to be submitted in obedience. And he's like, look, you're watching some shows, and I'm like, well, I don't want to hear that. Because I like, my, you know, I like my shows. God, that's what I do. I go home, I eat a snack, and I watch my shows. And so, you know, let's not talk about shows. You know, I'm trying to shift my mind to something else. You can pick something else for me to do. And, and the, I'm like, I really don't want to do that. And he's like, no, you just really don't want to obey. You really don't want to obey. You don't have to. 
You don't have to not. I'm not, I'm not going to stop blessing you. I'm not going to stop pouring out. I'm not going to stop giving you ministry opportunities. You know, it, I'm not going to stop being who I am and loving you the way that I do. But I've asked you, and will you obey? And you know what? I was like, cool. And that was before my fast. And I was like, cool. I got this 40 days. I won't be watching that specific thing. Let me tell you this. After the 40 days, inside of my head, you know, I'm thinking, well, I probably can still watch those shows now because the fast is up. And God's like, why, did I tell you it was for the fast? <laughs> or did I tell you to obey me? And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. And so I kind of like hadn't made my mind up yet about what I was going to do. I hadn't like said it out loud, like, I'm not going to watch this. So I was kind of like giving myself like a little thing like, well, that was just for the fast, you know, just in case. And then I get a text from my friends and they're like, hey, we're going to have a party and we're going to watch this show and we're going to have food and like, it's going to be great and we're going to have girl time. And I'm like, yes, yes, I love all of those things. And Jesus is like, um, you can go if you want or you can obey me. I'm like, but it's fellowship. <laughs> it's fellowship with the body. I'm a minister of the gospel, and I need to be with the people. And so I very slowly typed out, have a great time. Won't be there. I hope you hear my heart in this. Sometimes God asks us in certain seasons of our lives to, do, to live a different way. And, 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 and that's okay. And it's good. And it's practicing discipline. And it's practicing self-control because we have those. We have those inside of us. And too often we use our grace card we use our grace card to get out of obedience to the Father. And we'll say, well, there's grace for that. This time, you know, there's grace for that. He's still got me. I still feel the tingles during worship. And he's still giving me prophetic words. And I prayed for that guy and his wrist got healed. Taco Bell. He's still with me. The dove is on me. So this time, you know, I mean, use, use that grace card and I'll do it. God's still pleased with me. Yeah, all those things are true. He is. He loves you. You're not going to hell. But what if we became a people who obeyed the Lord? What if we became a people who didn't stand up here and say, I'll give my life for the gospel. And we're looking for this outrageous circumstance where someone has a gun to our head, but we won't just say yes to not watching a show. We'll say, I'll go to another country and I'll risk my life, but I won't step out in faith and pray for the one in front of me, love the one in front of me. I'll go across the seas and I'll go to battle for Jesus, but I won't forgive my husband. I won't forgive my family member. And God is saying, what if my people obeyed me? Oh, I love them. I love them, I love them, I love them. But what if they obeyed me? Do you know what I would entrust them with? Do you know what he would entrust you with? Whoo, 
guess what? Intimacy with the Father and relationship in the inner circle, being the favorite, we're all his favorite, but being in the inner circle with Jesus, you get entrusted with his heart. You get entrusted with the secrets and the mysteries that he has hidden for us as sons and daughters. And we can stand out on side of the circle and he says, I still love you, but I'm inviting you in. Come on, obey me. I'm inviting you in. I'm going into the inner circle and guess what? It's not comfortable. It's not a comfortable ride there. Because guess what? I've allowed my comfortability to be more important than my heart for Jesus. I've allowed my comfortability to be more important than my obedience to him, than my... Do you see what I'm saying here? I want to be comfortable. I want my food delivered to my house when I order it. I want to turn on the TV and watch exactly what I watched, even though the show happened yesterday on live TV. I want to watch it today. I want to order from Amazon and get my stuff today. I want it right now. I want to be comfortable in my life. But sometimes, listen, what did we sign up for? What does it mean when we say, I give you my life, Jesus? What did it mean when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me? That is not a religious thing to where you have to strive and work for what he has for you. That's saying, are you willing to give your life because this is what you're signing up for? Are you willing to carry your cross up the hill and die on it for the truth that I'm telling you? And we got our first world problems that we're worried about. And Jesus is saying, will you just obey me in the small so I can trust you with the big? Who will you obey me in the little so I can trust you with the big stuff? I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. In John 4, 23 to 24, it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come. You see, we are living in the tension of the not yet in the now. And things get uncomfortable in that tension. God says, all throughout the Bible, it says he's coming back. All throughout the Bible, it says we have it now. But we're living in this tension of our reality of kingdom come and kingdom's already here. Of we carry the breakthrough and I'm waiting to see it in front of me. And it gets uncomfortable in that spot. Who, what if we were a people who obeyed God regardless? What if we were a people who went after it regardless? And didn't have to have an explanation for why not? Didn't have, an, have that explanation for how? Or when? Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship in the Father. Where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Yes, Jesus. He's looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth, not just in a building to a song. But to worship him with our life. It's the greatest love song we'll ever write, we'll ever sing to him, is our life song to Jesus. But that has to look like something. 
believe that to worship God in spirit and truth means that I not only have to be a good, I have to have a good sense of what his voice sounds like and what he's doing in the earth, but I also need to be someone who obeys his voice. And I say this all the time because it convicts my heart every time slow obedience is disobedience. Slow obedience is disobedience. If you have children or have worked with children, you know this very well. Go get your shoes on. Looking at the team. Go get your shoes on. You got to go. Okay. Come on, get your shoes on. Let's go. Get, your, get those socks on. Okay. And they do it very slowly because they want control. They want to assert their control in the situation. They don't want to be told what to do and when to do it. A lot of the times with our relationship with Jesus, we want to insert our control. We don't want to be told what to do and when to do it. Listen, submitting to God is not about control. It's about having a covering of love. And so we know that everything that he tells us to do, that he commands us to do, it's because he loves us and it is for our good. And that's where we obey from. I don't understand it, God, but I know that you're for me. It's uncomfortable, God, but I know that you're in this. It doesn't make sense to the world around me, but I know that I hear your voice and I will obey. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. When we come to him, when we're hungry and we're thirsty, he satisfies us. But how many know when your children know that you're good, they come searching through your pockets for goodies, even after dinner? Even after you've had dinner and dessert, they still come searching through your pockets for goodies. Because even though they've been satisfied, they know you're good and that you have more. And they want more. And I felt so strongly inside of me this morning that through this, through this message of, of obedience, from a place of freedom, from a place of knowing our identity and knowing that God is for me and that he loves me. That God wanted to teach us how to be hungry. He wanted to teach us how to rifle through his pockets and look for the good stuff. And I felt like this morning, the call to obe obedience this morning was Will my people be hungry for me? Because I got more stuff. I got more things in my heart that I want to entrust them with. If they'd only be hungry for them. If they'd only ask, they'd receive. If they'd come to me and be hungry. You see, when we need something from God, it's real easy to get hungry. When we want something, when we need a miracle... When our finances are low, we go to God in prayer when we need money. I go to Jesus when I need something because he's good. 
what if my people came to me when they're full and they're satisfied and got hungry for the more that they haven't seen? What if my people came to me and got hungry for the more that they haven't seen? The more that they see and hear, but haven't seen happen through their own hands. And a lot of times we gather around the anointing of people and the presence of God on people, but we forget that the presence of God is inside of us. That the kingdom of God is at what? At hand. So it's time for us to put our hands on somebody and release the kingdom. And stop waiting for the person with the microphone to give us something special. I'm going to wrap up with this. When Joshua was at the battle of Jericho, the Lord told him a very peculiar thing to do to win the fight, to conquer the city. He said to march around it six times and send out your worshipers in front of the army. Now, how many of you know that they could have got sniped out marching around? So it's probably not really smart to send out people without weapons around a, a city with, with all of their army men guarding the city at the top of the walls with their little arrows and stuff. You probably don't want to send out the most vulnerable people to march around to show them that you're going to take over and to scare them. So it was a really peculiar thing. But God, God said, I want you to send out your worshipers first and I want you to go around six times. It takes faith to be obedient to the Lord. So he listened and they did it. And we know what happened. The The walls of Jericho fell. Supernaturally, miraculously, the walls just fell to the ground. And I want you to, there's one thing that I want to highlight. They carried the Ark of the Covenant with them as they worshiped. They carried the presence of God with them. And that's what it took to conquer the city. There are things in your life that you want to conquer, but you're gathering around God that is somebody that you think is awesome. The presence of God is on you. The presence of God is on you and it's in you. You carry the presence of God. And when he speaks to us and he tells us to do peculiar things like use our worship as a weapon... What if we were obedient and did it and trusted the presence of God that was on the inside of us and didn't wait for the special people? You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? The spirit of God's inside of you. Will you guys stand with me? Thank you, God. I believe that God, that God is really speaking to us this morning about obeying Him by hungering and thirsting for the things that we haven't seen yet from a place of being full. It's very customary for people who are broken to want to respond and to come and give God our brokenness. 
But what if we gave him our whole heart, the one that's whole that he gave us? And we said, here's my whole heart. What can we do with this? Because he took our brokenness and he gave us the whole heart. What if we got hungry for Jesus with our whole heart? What would that look like? Sons and daughters of God who are whole and who are still hungry for the more. <laughs> I want to be found hungering and thirsting for the more. And a lot of, I've sat in a lot of services and I've thought to myself, this isn't for me because I, I've got my stuff together. I know my identity. I am a daughter. I don't have to get hungry. Ha, ha, ha. What if we got hungry and he started entrusting us with the more? And I don't want to be a part of the group of people who tells them, I'll give you my whole life, but I'm too full of my own pride to get on my face in a worship service and worship him. I'm too full of my own pride and my own arrogance. I can't lay on the floor. I'm a worship pastor here. People might think I got junk going on. I want to be somebody who gets hungry for Jesus because I don't care what anybody thinks is about me and Jesus. So I'm going to worship God. And if you want to join me, you can. If you want to come up the front, you can. If you want to go to the back, you can. But we're going to take the last, we got until 1230 in here to worship Jesus. And I'm going to go after him because he's good. And what if we got hungry this morning? Even if he didn't trust me with one more thing, he's worthy of my praise today. Hallelujah. I bless you guys. Whoever needs to go, you can go. We love you. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.